welcome to the very first episode of Squintcast with me, Kelly Booth, and my and your new friend, Brittany Elsner. We discuss the very first episode of Bones, what characters we love, how big the belts are, and we also figure out what we each do for a living and what to call our show. Follow the show on Instagram and TikTok at Squintcast. You can follow me at fab underscore empire and Brittany at Brittany81523 on Instagram. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Okay, so I don't know how to start this. I guess I'm very happy you're here. This is really funny because as I was watching the show, I was like, oh my God, there's so many things I want to (laughs) say. Now that I'm re-watching, because I watched it so long ago, I feel like it is kind of like watching it for the first time, but like knowing some spoilers, but not fully remembering them. Right. So it's like, yeah, so it's like it's for the first time, but I, now I can maybe notice some things that I'm like, that's odd. <laughs> are you, are you, is it holding up? That's the, the big question. Like, I guess we could ask that at every episode like does this hold up because especially episode two it's pretty indicative of the time period that it was filmed 100 yeah so let but let's talk about first thing i wanted to say well how are you i've said how are you today how are you doing how are you feeling good feeling good yes are you working from home not working from home i'm going to the office every day which i'm welcoming to be honest at the beginning of covid i was really hoping to be working from home more but now just to break up the monotony of the day-to-day right yeah that's been pretty good how about you are you basically are you home or are you going in i'm like a reluctant worker so i have my own business i run a cleaning business that i've run for the last six years or seven years now maybe close to 10 actually i don't remember how long ago i started And I literally at this point in my life, because I'm an old lady, I don't like it anymore. I don't like cleaning houses. I, I just, I'm over it. And it's not really my ideal. (sighs) How do we say this? It's not ideal. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not something I want to do for the rest of my life. So I've been spending a lot of time trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. And um, COVID kind of, was an interesting thing because I had to stop working. Okay. And then I um can you hear that lawnmower in the background? I'm all worried now. I have to <laughs> close my window. <laughs> no, no, you can keep the fresh air flowing. I can't hear the lawnmower. All right, good. Um I still have clients is what I'm trying to say, but I don't have all of them. I cleaned all the way through the pandemic. Basically, people just had me keep keep coming in, but I have a very small um, client base. I only have a few, like less, like a handful of people have held on and I've only kept the good ones. And I work like, like this week, I'm only working two days and the next week I work three days. So it's a very nice lifestyle. I am going to close my window. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I wish I could hear the lawnmower. I cannot. Well, you but... know what it is? The mic's going to pick it up and it's going to be like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, going to be, 
difficult to edit out considering my limited editing editing skills. Well, let me just pause fair. here and go close the window. Okay. We're recording yeah, I had, now. <laughs> I had no idea you had your own cleaning business. I don't think I knew what you did for work at all. Yeah, I'm I know so, what you do. Do you accounting? You do? Yes. Yeah, I do accounting. But I'm asking you, are you working from home? Kind of like asking my husband if he can work from home. He's an electrician. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't work from home. But what I've been doing is trying to figure out, like I said, I want to do something more food based. I want to sell food. Yeah, so I can totally see that. I'm trying to figure that out. So this week, I'm going to be I have a couple of guinea pigs, I'm going to be dropping off some vegan meals and see how they feel Ooh. about that because I make everything from scratch. Everything's I'm not vegan, believe me, but I do like to try making vegan meals it's like a challenge for me and I make my own vegan meat which is another whole oh, other subject wow. we don't have to get into that because that's like it's so involved and I really my friend wants me to start selling the meat because she's like wow this could be like meat eaters love it so that's awesome yeah I've so it, I've seen I think I've seen posts on Instagram where right. you've had some of your food that you posted has looked very very good I do my best. You know, I'm just like I say, I'm an old lady just doing my best over here, you know? Well, you could also sell your sourdough. I heard that that's quite good. Oh, I don't want to get into that game. It's a very saturated market and lots of people do it way better than me. So it's sort of like, meh, I don't know. Oh. I will, I think one-offs, I might do like every now and then offer sourdough stuff. Like I make sourdough, sourdough bagels. Oh, that are really good. And um, I could definitely like sell them like half a dozen, a dozen at a time, you know, could totally whip those out because they're so easy to make. It's like, oh, so nice to have the sourdough recipe actually work for me. Yeah, because it is a really big struggle. Like it's a capital S struggle with that bloody sourdough. It's brutal. <clears throat> I never got into that at the beginning of the pandemic. And I think it's too late now for me to jump on that. <laughs> <with again. laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, I've been baking all my life and I have baked sourdough before, but this year, I don't know. I just had a lot of drama. <laughs> sourdough. sourdough drama. <laughs> well, anyway, I was going to say that Greg has complimented your pizzas multiple times. I've heard all about that. <laughs> you have Listen. lots of food options. <laughs> Pandemic pizza, baby. I've been like, I'm an expert now. I can whip a pizza up no problem because of like ever since the pandemic started, I was like pizza, pizza, pizza all day. Like we had so much pizza that I, I'm great. I'm really good at pizza. <laughs> so. That's awesome. That's perfect. <laughs> That's a staple. That's a good thing to be able to make. Oh uh, yeah. In a flash. Like it's so easy. Like I don't even have to look at a recipe for the dough, nothing, everything's done. So it's great. Amazing. We should perfect. let people know that we don't really know each other. <laughs> Yeah, we should. <laughs> Maybe it's apparent by my question. So, what so do you do for a living? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, are you single? <laughs> um, I, I, I think that I met your partner, but. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's so funny. Um, I had this notion in my head to contact you on Instagram about this because you commented on my story because I was watching a Bones episode and I was losing my shit over this one particular scene. 
And you said, uh, you love that show. And I said, don't judge me. And you're like, don't judge me. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? I got through, I have, I'll full disclosure, have watched season one and season two. Uh, and I thought I stopped watching it after season two because I had this notion in my head that I should do a recap podcast. And you were the first person that came to mind to ask because you're the only one who showed like any kind of interest or showed some enthusiasm for the show. So I was like, why not? Just ask. This is awesome. Yeah, I know. I appreciate you reaching out (sighs) because I really do love Bones and I get to rewatch and Mark's even been watching some episodes with me, which I know he's like quadrupled the amount of time he's watched now. (laughs) Greg's already seen a few. He thinks it's ridiculous. And I have people talking in the background right now. They have no concept of like recording quietness. Thank you. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Again, I couldn't hear it. It's, it no, it's you just, can't, uh, but boy, oh boy, like it's going to be loud. Oh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so I went into this. There's a lot of like, the, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I really enjoy the prospect of getting to know you during this process and Agreed. learning like all these things about you and maybe we'll hate each other. I don't know. Like we'll figure it out. I don't know. I mean, I hope not, but, but just so you know, there's 12 fucking seasons, excuse my language, (laughs) There's 12 seasons of this shit. And uh, we might be in trouble anyway. Are there seriously 12 seasons? I watched so many seasons seasons of this show. We may have to have like live shows and like raise money for charity or some shit like that. Like it's gotta happen. Anyway, I've got Yes, and the first yeah. idea I have for to throw at you, and we could record this or put it in the recording or not. Do you have any brainstorming ideas for a, a the, the what we can call our show? Like okay, I feel like I did one second, but maybe this is stupid. We could call it like bag of bag of bones. Because <laughs> I'm an old bag, that's for sure. No, not at all. Old bag of bones. No. Listen, I got all the ba- bones. I didn't think of bag of bones, but I got bone to pick. I've got oh, bone like, no bones good. about it. I have no all kinds of bones. Okay. Uh, what's the word? It's an idiom or something? Yeah. The other thing I thought of was squint cast yes that would be good or squint talk or something along the squint lines yeah i don't know how often they say squint after episode one but i think it's all funny the <laughs> all the time <laughs> yeah so that's an idea we can still talk about yeah. it obviously we have time to decide but i like uh, bag of bones I like squint cast because it's very specific to the show, obviously. Yeah. You know, like it's people who know the show would know what that means, I guess. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Squint cast would be awesome. I do like that a lot. Another idea, but we can have a vote. We can talk about it. No problem. Okay. (laughs) All the other administrative crap we can talk about another time too. It's no big deal. I think we should get down to talk about this episode. (laughs) (laughs) pilot episode is packed it is packed it has everything in it like it's wow they really didn't know if the show was going to last like they put everything in this thing and the kitchen sink so here we go we're going to talk about 
spoons. We're going to talk about it. It's going to be so good. All right. All right. So how do we get, the, we get introduced to all these people. So we open up and this is how I like to do it. So we open up at the airport. We're in Washington, DC. Here's our setting. Yeah. It's summer. What is it? I think it's summertime. Yeah. I think it's summer. Yeah. And the first scene already we have our little friend, Angela. Who I love. Who, okay. We're going to talk about this character. <laughs> I have Their friendship is great. Things to <laughs> see. I have things to say about this friendship. Seriously. Okay. I want to hear. <laughs> also, there is an age difference between you and me. So our perspectives might be a little bit different. That's true. 100%. Can, can I ask you what Angela is wearing if it's summertime? She's wearing a fall jacket with a fur collar and like a long skirt. Anyway, her outfit is. It's very 90s, I feel, instead of early 2000s. I find even the music that they play in this show feels very 90s. Yeah. At least in this episode. Couldn't let it go. You know, those 90s just hanging on (laughs) for dear life. Oh, for sure. So she shows up at the airport. We don't know who this is. As a new viewer, green viewer, this woman shows up at an airport. She's late. She's very late. She's like the Matt. What's that? Um, the Alice in Wonderland character who's late. The, the for bunny a very rabbit. important date. What for a very name? important date. I don't remember. Anyway, that character was okay. very late. Yes. For some reason, every single uh, screen that has all the arrivals is on the front. And she's asking complete strangers where this arrivals is for Guatemala. And everybody's running away from her like she's uh, crazy. She's but crazy. it's weird. It's, it's like it, it, most people don't even interact with her. Like they just ignore <laughs> her completely. Like, help her at all. <laughs> they don't even say, no, I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not in Canada when it's definitely in the States. Also, those people were not paid to speak like those actors, like they can't talk or they have to get paid. So they're running around like, I don't want to say anything. I'm talking to me. (laughs) Now, here's our first sort of problematic scene. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She runs up to the desk. There's a dude behind the desk. I don't think he's a straight guy. He does not look. Like I straight. agree, a hundred percent. I don't know. I think the shock factor of what she does gets him, not the fact that suddenly he has boobs in his face. I don't understand <laughs> why this happened, but she goes up to this desk and asks some dude behind the desk where this flight is arriving, where the Guatemala flight is coming in, and he's ignoring her. Like I have never gone to a desk agent in an airport and been ignored so hard, like so hard. <laughs> He's like got the hand up, like, don't even talk to me. I'm busy. Like, wow. But also, is is he the only person working in this airport? That's another (laughs) thing. He's like the only guy. She could have gone to any of those agents. They're all on break. What's up? So Guatemala, Guatemala, Guatemala. And to get his attention, she rips her shirt open and flashes him. And she gets his attention, but he still didn't answer her question. Like, he just looked at her boobs. I kind of wish that they had let her finish that interaction before Brennan suddenly shows up. (laughs) Yes, yes. We are introduced to Dr. Temperance Brennan, who makes a snide comment about 
what'd you say? Something like, I hope you at least said, excuse me, or something like that. This is the first in many scenes where it's totally acceptable for people to be, I don't know, these very uh, inappropriate situations or conversations are happening already. And it's not even like two minutes into the show. You know what I mean? She's shirt open. This is not a good introduction for Angela. I'm sorry. I, I, I know you love her. But this down the road she she becomes great i swear <laughs> i hope so because even by season two i'm like what the hell's happening because i have things to say regardless i don't think this is a, does her no favors by by writing 100%. a character like this it drives me crazy anyway so temperance rolls up and finds her flashing some dude go on and isn't surprised in the slightest that she's doing it <laughs> Like it's a regular, regular Tuesday or whatever. <laughs> right. Which is another part of Angela's character. We will be getting into over the, over this time period to talk about what are they doing with this character anyway? So she's yeah. <laughs> apparently <laughs> willing to open her shirt to a gay desk agent at an airport, whatever. Yeah. I hope I don't, I hope it's okay for me to say. <laughs> oh dear. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> oh dear. Um, what's next oh and this this is why the pilot is packed it's packed with exposition like showing you through action what temperance is all about and she's (laughs) so here's what we learn in very short succinct like scene it's like less than 10 seconds long we learned that temperance was in guatemala then we learn that she broke up with her boyfriend and she's single. So that's two things we learn about temperance Brennan. This yeah. is ridiculous. I just want you to know. <laughs> then we find out that she can defend herself against yes. very large men. Yes. And uh, she attacks them without really making an effort to try talking to them. <laughs> I will give her this though. He did grab her arm. He did. Like that's why she had attacked him like that was her reasoning because he didn't say who he was until after the fact true but apparently this dude is from homeland security we're gonna be i think homeland security figures very prominently in the first season or two because of the proximity to 9-11 we are i mean this is filmed in what 2003 yeah probably filmed in 2002 technically and then you know, distributed in 2003. So it's very close to 9-11. So there's a lot of relationships there with that. Oh, and the other thing we find out about Temperance Brennan in very quick formation is that she is a forensic anthropologist from the Jeffersonian Institute and that she sometimes works for the FBI. So these are like five things we learn about this woman instantly. And that that. What do you think of Temperance so far? Temperance comes off a little, well, she continues to come off like this, but very full of herself, very self-assured. Like, I don't really care what other people think. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to do what I'm going to do. So, which it doesn't really. Why are those bad things, right? Like those aren't. If she's a man. Yeah. It would be fine. But. I mean, they, that's the whole thing. They're throwing it on its head, right? By giving us this person who, 
we'll talk about the obtuseness of this character and how like unaware she is of normal things that I just think, come on. (laughs) 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 But she's in this room and I have to say this Homeland Security room or whatever they have her in at the airport is very nice. Like it's nice, low lit, like it's fluorescent lit, but it's low light. It's nice and dark and it's quiet. It's a really nice room. I, I would have, I just automatically think of these rooms at the airport being, is she still at the airport by the way? Or no? Yes. Yeah, I think, I think so. I think she's still at the airport just in one of their interrogation rooms or whatever. Right. Which right. I like, I think you would probably agree with maybe think it wouldn't be a nice room that that's not where they put the budget. No, but like, I would this think one it would was be nice. fluorescent lit. There'd be a little table, just like you see in all the, true crime stuff you see like these sort of police like invest interrogation rooms that are very bare bones yeah haha bones ha anyway <laughs> and there's a Ooh, skull on bones. the table oh, yeah exactly that's a name <laughs> she has a, a big skull on the table and yeah. they're saying they they grabbed her because she has a dead body with her so here we are again learning about temperance being a bone lady and then our friend she's given this guy the gears at the homeland security and guess who saunters in off the street my friend my gorgeous friend i love him so much david slash booth yes Agent Booth comes in. What do you think of Booth? What do you think of this, him walking in? And he, his, what, he's carrying something with him. He has a little book under his arm. What's going on with that? Just so happens to have the book. He's ready to rescue the damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. I think that he obviously doesn't know Bones very well because mm-hmm. he's thinking that this is the perfect scenario that I've, uh, you know, come up with. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come in here. I'm going to save her. And then she's going to be forever forever grateful to me and she's going to want to work with me forever and ever and is he ever wrong (laughs) poor booth poor misguided booth (laughs) feel bad for this guy he's um the other thing about well we're going to talk about booth don't worry we got lots of time to talk about this guy yes he's looking good david's looking good he looks good in a suit as always I don't know how he kind of still looks the same. Like even today, he's got a little gray, but he still looks good. He's so, he's got something. I feel like David Borneas, the actor, has really good chemistry with everybody. A hundred percent. And that's that's something, I, I, I didn't really watch Buffy, but I know like with this show just off, off the bat, just that, well, obviously like the sexual chemistry he has with bones right off the bat like yeah he could stare a little less maybe i don't know that's just my opinion he could but... talk a little further away from her as yeah well. like oh my I god want, i don't want greg to come up to me and talk to me that close like why are you no. supposed to be right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, okay, i got it you're uh, smoldering i got it <laughs> exactly and it wasn't filmed during covid obviously because they're yeah, not leaving space. they're all over each other the germs <laughs> are flying i tell you 
anyway, he comes to get her out of this thing, and he had orchestrated this whole thing to get her pulled aside, and he shows the guy the book, and I think the guy's kind of in on it. He seems sort of in on it, because um, he knows the book. He knows who she is. He seems... Yeah. Do you think the Homeland Security guy knows who she is? I think he knows who she is. I think I think they kind of insinuate that it was a setup. Yeah. That that he was kind of like oh thank you for holding her because her assistant aka squint zach mm-hmm. decided to ignore me and won't pick up my calls and won't let me make an appointment with her mm-hmm. and it, i think later in the episode we kind of get into why yeah. that ha- that happened but yeah. it's like is that an appropriate thing to do like if someone's if someone's <laughs> avoiding you <laughs> Like the total abuse of power is like yes rampant rampant it's horrible he's like, like it's fine I'll just get arrested exactly <laughs> so bad but so bad. you know that's how we get introduced to Booth he's manipulative uh, <laughs> he, uh, manipulative lovable <laughs> he's the hero you know. Yeah. Even if he's not the hero, he tries to come off as the hero. And 100%. here we are introduced to Booth and Bones. I call her Temp in my notes. I call her Brennan. I call her everything. But anyway, yeah. Booth and Temp in the car, always in the car, bickering. <laughs> bickering with really bad uh, background filming, like just like obviously not driving yeah and this is one thing that i see in every episode where he's driving that big black suv he's never looking at the road it drives me crazy yeah he's always staring at her like somehow she's gonna guide him (laughs) could you like at least make it look like you're driving somewhere man and there's always that one shot like it's not actually him in the SUV. I don't know if it's in this episode or not, but like him doing that big U-turn and squealing around the corner in the big black <laughs> SUV and the monument in the background. Like, obviously, they didn't film. They probably didn't even film it in Washington. Yeah, we'll find out later. I'm not going to dive into the details of who directed it, who wrote it and where it was filmed just yet. We will get into that stuff later, but okay. So he's driving her home. They're bickering, bickering, bickering. And this is where we establish their dynamic. Like, this yes. is how, okay. These two won't stop bickering. <sighs> and she gets out of the car all mad because he did this whole thing, like you said, the setup, right? Yeah. And then he's, she runs away. He chases her. Please come back. What do you need? I'll give you whatever you want. This is their dynamic every single time bicker bicker run away please come back i'm sorry and then it's a weird relationship anyway so (laughs) she makes her demands and says no i want to be in on the cases so then we have okay so he's gonna let her be his work with him in the field which gives us the viewer a show that we can watch that's what we got right so go on what happens next Well, what's interesting, though, on that, like from that scene, it seems to happen in all of these crime shows where there's sort of like this consultant that works with the cop or works with the FBI, and none of them ever ask permission from their boss first. Never. They're just like, hey, you got it. Come work with me. It's like, Like, 
didn't run it by him. Nothing. Because that's when we get to meet. Uh, oh, we don't meet Sam till later. But um, yeah, you're right. So he's making these decisions on the fly just to appease her so that he'll she'll come with him. Can I ask, maybe we should look into this. How long does it take to fly from Guatemala is what I'd like to know. Like what time of day do you think Temperance Brennan, Dr. Tre Temperance Brennan left Guatemala? Like what time of day is this? And how, how tired is this woman? Like, that's an excellent question. Could you imagine the jet lag? Hey, and I'll Guatemala tell you, the jet lag to comes Washington. To, the jet lag comes to get her later for sure. According to this, it only costs one hundred and thirty-six dollars for that flight. So at least no one is wants to go there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there are nonstop flights. Uh, I don't know how long though, because my oh, here we go. <laughs> no, it looks like no. That it looks like it's like a four-day trip, but that looks like there's definitely stops in between. Well, imagine day trip. she's going too. She's probably taking like some crazy taxi or bus to get to whatever village to dig up stuff. I can't imagine. Where is Guatemala? <laughs> Excellent question. But first off, it's an eight hour and eight minute flight. Uh -huh. So Guatemala, let's look at it on a map. Time difference, I wonder, from Eastern. Where the fuck is Guatemala? Okay, it is 6.09 p.m. currently right. in Guatemala. So only two so, hours Central Standard Time. So when she got to Washington, it's daylight. So it's at least five or six o'clock in the morning, maybe later. But then I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't regardless, know, it's, it's an eight-hour flight. <laughs> it sounds... <laughs> I, it just sounds like a nightmare because if I got off a plane, had to go to a Homeland Security thing, then go to a crime scene, I'd be like, oh my God, please let me go to sleep. Exactly. But he keeps pushing and pushing and then he's, she's finally like, honestly, okay, I'll get back in the car mm -hmm. now that I'm going to be able to do all these investigations. Yes. And then suddenly yes, he's like, okay, well, Let's do it right now. We're going to a crime scene this second. And initially they said it was at the Arlington um, National Cemetery. Yeah. It was in a body of water. So again, I'm very ignorant when it comes to geography. Where's the body of water around the Arlington National Cemetery? Is there, I guess there must be a lake or something that there, that's by the cemetery. I don't know. It just, he says he's going to give her what she wants so that she'll come with him so is he lying i don't know this is not so far he's orchestrated her to be pulled into an interrogation room and he's kind of lied to her about whether or not she can come and do field work with him because he has to go argue with his boss about it yeah so it's, like, <clears throat> it's not a very trusting trustworthy kind of thing to do no definitely not and then they show up and what they what they talk about there doesn't make any sense either because he's like, so they found the body because some landscaper, they lowered the water a little bit and yeah. he saw something in the water and then he drops this camera down like a long time. I don't know how long, but it seems like a long distance. <laughs> how deep is this thing? Yes. 
also mentions pornography within the first like this is almost six minutes into the episode i looked at the time five minutes five to 52 seconds and he likens the camera to uh you know a pornography video and i'm like okay booth settle down yeah Yeah, you'll know it you'll know it when you see it like pornography like pornography (laughs) settle down Also, um, you're looking at a skeleton. <laughs> this this seems oh like god. an appropriate time. Oh my god. <laughs> this is so funny. Anyway, we gotta move. We meet Zach. This is where I meet Zach, the assistant. Yes. Zach is a baby. He looks like a baby in this show. And he's apparently a PhD. Anyway, I don't know much about Zach's story necessarily. They don't, they don't dive into it too much over the first two seasons. Anyway, we learn nothing except that he's a yeah nerd or a squint and he's um he's also obtuse <laughs> yes there his personality is very similar to temperance brennan yeah so it's interesting <laughs> to see how they interact but it's weird it's like you would think that two people with similar personalities like that wouldn't get along but she loves him she nurtures him like a baby brother i tell you yes a hundred percent, but his hair's all long and shaggy, and um, Booth hates him. Booth hates this guy. Like, there's something like he literally like he just has this disgust. His face, he just hates any time Zach opens his mouth. Oh. I have a feeling that that's meant to kind of allude to how what their interaction was like mm-hmm. with him trying to get a meeting with Brennan. Yeah. And not being able to while she was in Guatemala on this trip, forgetting about the love of her life. Because, you know, that seems like an appropriate thing to do. Uh, we'll get into that too. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Yes, sorry. Good. This is when we're introduced to the whole squint description. Yes. How he, Booth says squints are the, the people who like squint their eyes when they're thinking really hard. And Temperance's argument is like, oh, so you have a nickname for people with high IQs and the ability to have basic reasoning skills. And so it's just another situation where temperance and booth don't understand each other. And (laughs) here we are. Yeah. And he looks really unhappy. I mean, booth is so unhappy with this whole interaction. Anyway, go on. But it's, but it's an interaction that he created. Like, this is a person that he so desperately needed on his team. I know. Which I guess we find out a little bit later in that episode is because, or maybe slightly before, because she, just from some bones, was able to figure out what the weapon used. In, the, in their last case, they worked on. She was basically able to solve the whole case, figuring out what the weapon used was, what the cause of death was, just from the bones. Yeah which is super cool. It is very cool. And I don't mind that at all. I just think it's really funny how much he dislikes her. It's just, yeah. <laughs> like he seems to really like, and he's supposed to be the, the people person. I don't know. Yeah. It's just interesting. So that's when they get into the boat, they find a skeleton in the water. It's wrapped in plastic and some kind of chicken wire. And it's just a bunch of bones. Yes. And then, um, and for some reason, they don't drain the pond, even though they know there's a body in there. Is that what they, they normally do? Yeah. I think so, because they do end up draining it. Yeah. 
Like that's how she does her analysis on it. Okay. How long did she have to wait for them to did she go home? I don't. Does she have a little nap? Well, no. She has a nap later. We find out. But anyway, yes. um, <laughs> we don't know if like it. By the time she gets to examine the bones, which okay, this is the other reason she's an expert. She apparently determines based on the fact that this body is here wrapped in plastic and stuff that it's a murder. Yes. So okay, it's a murder. Let's drain the place. So fine. But you're right. How long does that take? And I don't even know how big the body of water is. I have so many questions and it's only like, you know, ten minutes. For what? Yeah, 10 minutes in. <laughs> we have to get going here. We don't have all day. So then we are introduced as a, well, it's our pilot uh, pilot episode. So we have to be patient. Like this is a big deal. We're getting introduced to everybody. This is setting the whole scene for everything. So now we get to, to listen to the theme song so this is where i would put the theme song for our show which is the bones theme here we go So there's the bone scene. Perfect. Performed by Crystal Method. I've never heard of them. <clears throat> anyway. What a great pun, though. What a, <laughs> what a great name. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. So after that, oh, she's at the lake. We don't even get to see the lab at this point. Like, we're still outside, which is, you know what? At the end of the day. I don't know where they shot this or how or whatever. I can find out. But that's kind of expensive, these uh, location shoots. Like, it's an expensive. I feel like they're, they're putting a lot of effort into this show. But what I really like with those balloon lights they had set up um, to illuminate the area that she was examining, I want yeah. those for, like, my backyard. Those are really cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. And, well, the, the scene was a ruined. It was ruined a little bit with the music, but the scene was actually it was quite nice mm -hmm. i would like to put together a skeleton no i just like to do some <laughs> accounting there <laughs> i don't know how to do that okay so what's she doing what's happening <laughs> so she is using um white pva glue because that's the uh, top-notch standard to put together this skull and uh did you mm -hmm. notice that she was using that white glue isn't that for like kids crafts Oh, I'm still at the scene where she's looking at the, the gloopy bones on the ground and oh, Zach's sorry. taking I'm pictures. Ahead. No, it's okay. Zach's taking pictures and then she determines, this is where we determine that it's a young woman between 18 and 22. She's five foot three, apparently has delicate features and was a tennis player. I don't know how she does that, but that's why, again, she's the expert. <clears throat> and then I think Booth asks how long is she dead has she been uh deceased or whatever i'm trying to be respectful even though it's a fictional character anyway and then they say they need their bug and slime guy to tell them when she died and yeah. i wrote in my notes wait until you meet him 
wait until you meet this guy. <laughs> he is the conspiracy theorist of all conspiracy theorists. He's great. That's not the only thing he is. <laughs> I have things to say about this guy. Anyway, then they decide there's no clothing. Booth, of course, suspects some kind of sex crime because he's a perv and whatever. <laughs> Everything <laughs> sex crime. He brought up pornography and then, yeah. yeah <laughs> all downhill from there. <laughs> Listen, later on when they do like a whole episode on sex workers, it's so bad, like very problematic, but we're not going to go there right now. Okay. And then Temperance argues with him and says, no, maybe she liked natural fibers and they degrade a lot faster than you know, non-natural fibers. So then dirt and all the mud and all the bones, and they take it back to the Jeffersonian where temperance is really pissed off at her boss because he loans her out to the FBI without her uh, approval. Right. Yeah. So we're introduced to this dude, Dr. Daniel Goodman. What do we think of Dr. Daniel Goodman? Dr. Daniel Goodman is very mysterious mm-hmm. i think i find him mysterious mm-hmm. is we don't really learn a lot about him at least i didn't think we learned very much about him i don't think we ever do uh, no he kind of just pops in <laughs> disappointed to say why is he british i have no idea it's just one of those things i don't know but there's you know the jeffersonian has to have uh, a british uh He's not the owner. That's not the that's not the right word. That's uh, the place. He just manages it and stuff. Yeah, manages it. Yeah, whatever that's called. The director of the institute, you know. Yeah. He has to loan her out because it's like they're funded by the government, and she, you know they technically work for the government. And they can have her whenever they want. And the, what I noticed in the scene, and I don't know, maybe you can go back to it eventually, but she's walking down the hall with this dude. She's wearing her like khaki jacket and everything. She's got her elbows out. She's walking like a two-year-old. She's just like, why do I have to do that? She's being all like bratty about it. Like, why is she walking like that? Anyway. I didn't I did not notice that. I noticed, I noticed a lot of things, of, but I did not notice that. I noticed things <laughs> like this, like the fact that now the next scene, we are meet Mr. Jack Hodgins. Yes, we do. Every time I write his name in my notes there his last name is capitalized i don't call him jack i just call him hodgins yes i write hodgins every time although there is one time i wrote jack above hodgins yes (laughs) i have so many problems with this guy but anyway we'll start here with his you know hoodie and his lab coat over his hoodie guy and he's again this is another Poor Angela, another scene where she walks into a room with bones and she goes, ew. I'm like, why do you like, how long have you been doing this job? Yeah. And they, they, yeah, you're right. I'd never really thought about it, but they don't really do her many favors. Oh, honey. (laughs) She kind of comes across a little uh, vapid, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. She's a brilliant computer lady and she can draw. Okay. <laughs> Somehow being an artist also means that she can create perfect rendering. I don't so. know, man. Impressive. <laughs> so anyway, Hodgins. Hodgins. Yes. <laughs> he says some sciencey stuff about bacteria and crap. 
I don't know. I can't. I'm not going to take those kinds of notes, Britt. I'm just not going to do it. Well, I, well, I don't know. They basically just somehow he if he figures things out. He's just like, yeah, she died the spring before last. What? <laughs> How? How did you know that? That's fine. My problem is the co- the conversation they have about, uh, about the book? Redden's book. <laughs> and the first thing he says after the bacteria science shit is go, am I really lusty? That's the first thing he says to her. And oh, I was gross. like, I'm immediately, ever since, I'm telling you, when I started watching this show this year, I was like, I don't like this guy. <laughs> So then they're going back and forth between the victim and her book and who's in the book. And then another issue I have, there's a couple issues. So first, Ozak thinks that she wrote, he was written into the book as a virgin and he wants everyone there to know he's not a virgin. Yeah. And in like the creepiest way, humanly possible. It was so creepy. It was like, I'm sexy. Like he was trying to be sexy about it. <laughs> With his like Justin Bieber hair. And one thing, Zach is not. No, no, he he is not sexy. <laughs> Never. Not sexy. Even when he cuts his hair in season two, he's not sexy. It still doesn't, yeah. Doesn't work for me. Then Angela talks about having sex with Booth. Which yes. is another thing. They wrote Angela as a horny woman who wants to have sex with Booth, <laughs> but then also wants Brendan to have sex with Booth. I did notice that. And they wants to know about other people who are having sex with Booth. So yes. what's her obsession with Booth? She uh, maybe caught him <sighs> staring at her for a little too long and was like, he loves me. <laughs> Seriously, the narcissism is real. <clears throat> <laughs> Zach calls the dead body a soaker. Yeah, that was kind of gross. And Temperance doesn't like that. She, like, has a real problem with him degrading, like, saying mean, uh, what's the degrading things about the remains. Yeah. But has no problem with Angela talking about having sex with Booth, Zach talking about his non-virginity in a sexy way, creepy sexy way, and Hodgins talking about how lusty he is. Yeah, that's no true. Problem with that, that. That's where she draws the line. That's where she draws the line. And this is also something that Zach doesn't really care whether she likes it or not because he continues to do it over and over and over again. I don't, I can't even with this guy. I'm serious. Anyway, we'll move <laughs> on. We have many moons to talk about Hodgins and his bullshit. Anyway. <clears throat> yes. Well, now we're finally at that scene, I think, that I was getting well, the sexy way music myself. is playing. The sexy music. Do you ever watch shows with uh, subtitles on? Because I Did do. you do it? I did it. Yeah. Did you notice? Did you notice that it just said da-da-da-da-da <laughs> for the music? <laughs> not only that, Britt, listen. The words on the screen were not the words on the song. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote them down. The real song says, here's an example. The real song said, your tongue is fire when you speak, but it makes me sing, but it makes me sing. Words on the screen said, even the wrong words seem to rhyme out of the doubt that fills my mind. I somehow fling you and I collide. Da, 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 (laughs) da. 
I'm I didn't so... even notice the other words were wrong. I just noticed it was the same song. <laughs> oh, that's bad. It's so funny. Anyway, next. Oh my god. I was saying here. Oh, apparently she was there all night. Because Zach finds her asleep on her cold glass desk in a fluorescent lit room. The jet lag is real. This is where I think the jet lag set in after she was trying to glue. To, this is where you, yeah, talk about this glue. What Why kind of glue? Using, it's like construction paper glue. Exactly. Like, like, <laughs> like there must, I meant to Google that. Like, are, are they not using like super glue or like I fancy know. glue? I wrote that down too. Do they actually do this? Do they really use Elmer's glue to put skulls back together? Is what I asked. Like, <laughs> oh my god! I, like I don't know. I I don't know if the show's budget was just too low at that point to use the proper glue. All the fancy <laughs> graphics, but they couldn't find the right glue. Anyway, I don't know how <laughs> she does this putting the skull back together shit. Like you have to be a wizard at puzzles to do this. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's all it's all the same color. I know. There's there's no border on this puzzle, really. And it's not there's all no fair. Like, start. First, I, I can't believe. Anyway, she's a she's brilliant. She's a genius. What can I say? We love her. Is. Okay, so the next day. Oh, this is when Booth is meeting with his boss and uh, you know ask permission instead of. Oh, is asking Ask for forgiveness. forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't really like this idea. <laughs> no, it's a bad idea. But so Sam Cullen is this dude's name. He's the FBI dude. And uh, he reluctantly agrees to allowing um, Bones join Booth on his missions. <laughs> but all because Booth is like, I need to gain her trust back. It's like... Because he messed it up. Yeah, but it, it's like he acts sometimes like he hates her, but then he's desperate to have her on his team. And then he <sighs> stares at her with loving gazes. <laughs> All the time. He can't look away. <laughs> he does have that, like, What's that called? Like a 10 yard stare? Like Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> honing in, honing in on you. Regardless, oh so he gets permission. Fine. She gets to join him in the field. Great. Then here we go. This is hilarious to me. She's sleeping in her bed. Tell me, what do you tell me? I want to know if you notice this. Okay, I I I hope so, but maybe not. Let's see. <laughs> Go, go, tell me what happened. Okay, she's sleeping in her bed and she's like, oh, I hear footsteps or sounds in my apartment. I should probably get up to investigate. What's the first thing? She grabbed, does she grab a baseball bat? Yes. Yes, which she has in her room for protection. Right. Of course, even though she owns a gun, which we find out later. (laughs) Right, but... I'll have you know, look at this. I'm in my bedroom. I have a baseball bat right beside my bed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so it uh, clearly it is a good tool. And also, yeah, maybe guns are a bad idea. (laughs) You know, not that good with them. No, but yeah, so she grabs this baseball bat and then she's like, 
oh, someone's stealing my TV. Well, she doesn't really realize it. She just kind of smashes the bat into the TV. And oh, it's her, her boyfriend who waited all the way. How long was she gone in Guatemala? And now is the that time we that don't know. A, a B. Who the hell? <laughs> who? No, does? it's her place. You knock or you call or you text. <laughs> yeah, no, bad idea. Seriously. First thing I noticed was that she was wearing boots in bed. She got out of. No, I did not notice. <laughs> And then they took this gratuitous shot of her fucking, excuse me, cleavage, her boobs. Yes, I did notice that. Like she's in the hallway with her big Guatemalan necklace on, like falling into her cleavage with her baseball bat. Like she's like uh, Laura Croft or whatever. Yeah. Then she busts at the television and the guy freaks out. And it's this dude, Peter, who we find out just showed up because he wanted to have sex with her like basically but then she's like well too bad that i ruined your tv but uh yeah. get out." no mention of paying for it or like anything yeah. he asked her to go halves on it and she just slammed the door in his face oh my god what do you say that she booted him out with her boots on Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> that was like a dad joke brit oh yeah i'm really working on it <laughs> <laughs> Oh my oh god! Boy. Yeah, she doesn't even <laughs> offer to pay for the TV, but that's fine. Because what an idiot! No. Like, if my ex boyfriend showed up in my apartment, I would like punch in him in the throat. Like, yes, I even throat rip him a la Roadhouse. Because I'm like, what are you doing here? I broke up with you anyway. Yes, 100%. that's weird. That's weird. Which it did seem like she, they were kind of. He he was kind of implying that it was a mutual breakup, but she was kind of like. Mm, no, we broke up because we don't like each other anymore. So why are Which you is here? Why people break up? Yes. Yeah. Ex- excellent, excellent reason to break up. Makes sense. Oh boy. He was a douche so, anyway. Like he had the glasses. Anyway, I didn't like him. I'm glad. But yeah. also, and he was a psychologist. Oh, was he a psychologist? Yes, and she does not like psychology. Again. Is this the first time we're hearing how much she hates psychology? It is. And okay. she continues to bring it up over and over like again. Like five or six times more in this episode, they bring it up how much she hates psychology. I'm like, that's weird. That's very weird. Yeah, yeah it is weird. <laughs> Regardless, oh, this guy's a weirdo for doing that. And I don't understand the purpose of this scene, honestly. Yeah. It was very weird. And I don't know who asked for it, who wrote it in, what its purpose was, except to make it absolutely clear that she's single, I guess. And that we know that she wear boots and wears boots in bed and she has a baseball bat beside her bed. This is where I said it must be jet lag because she must have gotten home, taken off her shirt, just flopped onto the bed, gone to sleep. Must have been tired yeah. from all the travel. I'm telling you. And she slept at her desk the night before, like just that horrible desk. Yeah. With fluorescent lights beaming down on her. Like that's real fatigue. If you can sleep through all that awful yeah. horribleness. Regardless, that's- we're back at the Jeffersonian. And yeah. now we get introduced to what Angela does. Finally, we sort of find out what she does, which honestly, after two seasons of watching this, I still really don't know what she does. So magic, 
magic is what she does. <laughs> magic, uh, I don't know, but you can see the technology, like how much it has improved, like with the holograms over this per- uh, procession of the seasons, like, oh, it's getting better because this one's not so great. No, it's not. Booth is looking at a piece of art. He doesn't understand it. Yet another part of his character that we're finding out, Booth doesn't un- understand art. It seems like they kind of just make him out to be kind of an idiot, but yes. he was very good at understanding, well, people other than the squints and bones. <laughs> By season two, I will not understand any of his motivations, like as a character, because he's all over the place. But right now, yeah. he doesn't understand artwork. And now we're looking at, we're being introduced to this magic holographic thing that Angela does. Tell me what Angela does, Britt. Well, Angela's supposed to be an artist, but she also has other uh, capabilities. So instead of just sketching by hand, she creates these. You know. She's not just a criminal <laughs> sketch artist. No, she's not. She uh, turns it into a 3D image instead so they can look all the way around the head. Um, but it she requires... apparently invented this software. Yes, she invented the software. Who knows how? It seems like it's fairly new from what they're saying. And in order for her to use it, they have to reconstruct the skull. Yes. From what I can tell. Yes. So somehow... Brennan is like, wait, I know who this is just from the skull. Yeah. Does she look familiar? But she doesn't notice it when she's with the skull in person. She just notices when the skull is up on the screen with a little skin on it. Is the way they came to the ethnicity of this person problematic? That's what I want to know. I don't want to say problematic too much in the course of this because obviously it's 2003. There's a lot of things going on that are maybe a little questionable in the script or whatever. But they said mixed race, like make her mixed race, Angela. And she's yeah. like, oh, you Lenny Kravitz or, or what's Serena, Serena Williams. No, I don't no, know. Vanessa Williams. Vanessa. Oh, Williams. Vanessa Williams, of course. Vanessa Williams, <laughs> the queen. Um, yes. Yeah. And so she's just like, huh? <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> Again, we'll get into how obtuse this woman is, but regardless, they settle on an ethnicity and throw it up there and there's a whole bunch of suspense about who this woman is how who is it who is it who is it who is it and guess what what who knows who she is because somehow this is a case that he's been working on for the last two years night and day coincidence coincidentally mm, is he the killer <laughs> i'm just kidding oh <laughs> no he's not not my boothy he has to be on for the other for the next 12 seasons <laughs> okay can't be in jail okay so we determined this woman is a young woman named cleo she died however long ago disappeared like a, a year or so ago and she was apparently rumored to be having an affair with a senator and there's all kinds of like weird sarcasm and snide comments to that effect about how she was having an affair but then booth was quick to point out that that was never well, no, he proves that. He says that later. I apologize. Anyway, he said 
this is something that makes me laugh. Booth said that he knew all the details of her case and that she was last seen leaving this place called the Cardio Deluxe Jam on K Street. What the hell is the Cardio Deluxe Jam? I have no idea. And can I tell you, it has no relevance to whatever we discover later. No. The fact that she left this place. Like, why does he have to mention it? It's so weird. Like a little it, detail. It does kind of sound like a place that you would do karaoke while doing Zumba. I like... know, right? It does. <laughs> I was like, is it an exercise place? Is it a club? I can't tell. Yeah. So... Then, oh, that was it. Hodgins makes the comment where he goes, oh, I guess you found her. Like, he's being a fucking dick. Like, yeah, see that. He's definitely insensitive, especially seeing Booth is obviously distraught. Like, I would think at this point in the episode, I'm like, is this his lover? Like, <laughs> seriously, I'm like, who is this person to him? Booth is upset. He's <laughs> he upset. He's very upset. So sensitive, but so, Booth. But so upset that he goes on to, like, then kind of insult, I think, in my opinion, Brennan, mm-hmm. because suddenly he wants her off the case, even though he wanted her on these cases because he was like, you're going to be so helpful. Right. I, I, I need you. And then suddenly he's like, this is too important. You can't be on the case because the squints are going to mess it up. Well, it's because there's a senator involved and they yeah. want to like get all crazy because there's very sensitive because of politics and blah, blah. This is where we get into politics and all this crap. Yeah. Then we go to a commercial break and the funny scene is where everybody seems to be having lunch outside on the steps. Like, do they not have a lunchroom or a cafeteria? Why are they all eating sandwiches out of bags? Do they not go to restaurants? I don't understand. Anyway. Maybe the walkability of the Jeffersonians is not that good to go to like Subway on lunch or something. I guess maybe, <laughs> maybe it's out of the way. But the the most the thing I got out of this was, first of all, Hodgins makes again this is where he made the snide comment about how the victim the murder victim this, i want to remind people was boinking a senator he says the word boinking yeah he's insensitive is definitely the right word the, the word we used before is definitely correct Ugh. he doesn't read the room properly for sure yeah he has no uh he doesn't know what he's doing anyway yeah so let's try to breeze through this crap. So okay, they are. So Booth says no. They never proved they if they were having an affair. He wants everybody to keep quiet. Hodgins starts screaming about how it's a conspiracy and how Monica Lewinsky was some kind of KGB sex agent. Yes, <sighs> okay. he would be one of the people in the comments on Instagram right now, being like, "COVID is a hoax." Yeah, yeah, he'd be that guy <laughs> for sure. Don't get vaccinated, right? Exactly. But yeah, he's losing it. And mm. then Boone is walking away. And Brennan's <laughs> chasing after chasing him now. After- <laughs> like literally skipping side to side. Again, <laughs> like she- can't run, girl. Can't no, run. no. But she's basically like, you know what? My only option here, because I'm done with this running slash skipping, it's to blackmail him. This <laughs> she threatens to like basically publish the name of the victim so that it'll be all in the press. Like threatens him. And I'm like, what is this relationship? <laughs> He's like threatening a federal agent. She's like, Well, yes, that oh. is what I'm doing. <laughs> I just find and he it doesn't very, care. 
very strange. It's very strange. So then yeah. they got to go back to Booth's boss there. And, um, oh, this is the other thing. They got to go back to Booth's boss and tell him, like, the layout, the give him the lay of the land. Tell him they ID'd the victim. They have a list of suspects, including, obviously, the senator, her boy, her boyfriend who works for the senator, and this guy who used to stalk her. So they got, like, three main suspects. My question is, how long has Sam Colin been in this job? Did Booth work for him when this kid girl went missing a year and a half ago? Like, is he not aware of this case? Like, I find it very strange. Obviously, it's exposition for our benefit. But, yeah. So we're introduced to Ken Thompson, the her boyfriend at the time, and Olivier something. Olivier. Laurier. Olivier. Laurier. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they got to like go and suss out all the suspects. And then he wants, Booth wants to tell the parents of the woman who died. They have an argument, him and his boss, about whether they should do that or not. Booth basically says, Yeah, we got to do it. So then yeah. he takes friggin' temperance with him to the parents. Because um, she's the most empathetic person that he knows. So this is a good idea. Oh, this is just, this is an introduction to temperance again, being completely unaware of like her effect on people. But on the way there, she tells him she's looking at the files. She goes over the details that uh, uh, I think Hodgins came up with that basically there's some like steel in her skull that could be from a big sledgehammer. And there's some, they say this a lot, diatomaceous earth. <laughs> I wrote that down. I'm like, how many times could they say diatomaceous earth? Hint, 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 hint. <laughs> like spoiler. <laughs> like literally hitting us over the head with it. hundred percent. <laughs> hey, I learned a new uh, word, so I'm. I guess I. It's just ingrained in my mind now. I've heard of it because you can repel bugs with it. You can like put it in a line around like a room, and it stops like ants and stuff. Oh, but it's like, and apparently it's like. I called it prehistoric sand is what she called it basically. So okay. here we are at the Ellers. They're talking to them and uh, temperance is being really uh, direct about how this woman died and Booth keeps interrupting her, trying to soften the blow. We find out that the victim wore her father's bronze star on her at all times for good luck. And then the mother breaks down. So it's all very sad. Also, this man is handsome. I'm sorry, but the father is handsome. I need to, I feel like I need to go back and take a look now. He's like, I, like I, don't, I don't remember. He's okay. Like big, muscular, tall, handsome black man. He's really handsome. Okay. Not that, you know, why you gotta be black. I know he's just a very handsome man. I won't say his and and an army man, just like Booth, which we learn about. That was the first time we find out that he used to be part of the army. Sniping. He was a <laughs> ranger. Army yes. ranger sniper. It's sort of, this is the first introduction to him and his past as a sniper. As a, people talking about his sniping at, very flippantly. Yeah. Like he used to kill people and it was fine. It's like, uh-huh. <laughs> i used to kill people but now i save people so everything's not just fine. that he's fine about it but everybody else is very like oh look at you, you sniper sniper like they're just very 
mean about it anyway yeah. so they have this little talk on the when they leave the allers this one this parents house about how temperance needs to like get some bedside ma- or you know bedside manner basically yeah and in order to get information she has to give something of herself this is the first piece of advice booth gives her about interpersonal relationships yep <clears throat> like uh if someone asks did my daughter suffer you don't start explaining how there were multiple fractures how she suffered <laughs> exactly nobody needs to hear that no no no, no, no. like yeah honestly do i want to know i don't know it depends on the person i suppose that that's the i think that's the space where a lie can be comforting but the truth can be devastating so it's a good idea to lie in that case i agree with you and not even lie you can just be gentle about it you know yeah i don't mind like some re like you can be real on some level but you don't have to be harsh yeah not the way that she was i'm looking at my notes so they go back to the lab we're back at the lab and our non-virgin friend zach and temp are examining the bones they're making notes of specific injuries they see all kinds of slash marks on the bones then she mentions phalanges i think they mentioned phalanges all the time like every episode they like to say phalanges a lot because which it sounds are, like a big word yeah but it's just finger bones guys yeah like, just fingers <laughs> yes exactly just yeah, say finger is, bones. <laughs> that doesn't sound as scientific and they're supposed to be these intense geniuses <laughs> oh man here we go hodgins walks in great he's here and he starts making like sarcastic kind of comments about how she was on antidepressants and shit and it's like settle down hodgins like yeah people take it, all kinds of shit you know god he could use well, like something some uh what's that what is it, what's that called when they and they give you training so you know how to actually be upset with people and treat them properly sensitivity training there we oh. go he needs that <laughs> i don't know the problem is you can't fire him because of who he is but regardless we'll talk He's about the that slime and up. bug guy not just but, that it's the other thing too anyway yeah um all right the so an- then- anti- oh sorry you go no no you go oh i was just thinking so she's not only did we find out she's on antidepressants, but she's also on anti-nausea medication, which the only plausible explanation is this girl was pregnant. Prego. Dun, dun, like someone uh, else I know. Someone else I know is pregnant. Who is that? Oh, what's your yes. name? Brittany. Hi, Brittany. Are you pregnant? Hi. I might be a little pregnant. Well, actually, you, like almost when, halfway. When are you expecting? Uh, I'm due November 16th, so I'm 17 weeks tomorrow, so almost halfway. How are you feeling? Much better. (laughs) Much, much better. Oh, it's causing problems, yeah? Well, the first little bit, I was pretty nauseous, but um, yeah, tax season was a good time to go through my first trimester, I think. (laughs) Are you being sarcastic? Well, uh, yeah, mainly. (laughs) (laughs) basically 100 percent sarcastic but i didn't have to take anti-nausea medication like our friend cleo so okay okay that was good and then sorry and then going back those frog bones oh they were actually fetal bones apparently 
That seems how could they like, make that mistake? I know, but doesn't that seem like a like a big mistake? A little oversight there. <laughs> like a human versus they could tell like, all kinds of things, but they couldn't tell anyway. <laughs> yeah. And they're not even mammals. Like, I mean, I'd understand it was a mammal bone, but it, yeah. a, a frog's an amphibian. So anyway, yeah. I'm not the expert, okay? <laughs> they aren't um, either, so. <laughs> uh, then they're trying to get DNA information off the bones. Hodgins makes some, he's in the lab alone with Temp, and he starts making comments about the dark powers in charge and how they're never going to let them investigate it thoroughly because of the senator and anyway who cares Hodgins um <laughs> Hodgins being Hodgins basically then there's some soft acoustic music where temperance is like contemplating the whole case and looking at pictures of her or like looking at the hologram and like like thinking about the situation and then I don't know why she's at the gate of the Jefferson Institute, Jeffersonian, sorry. And Angela comes over and asks her to go out for a drink with her. Yeah. And Temp is like lamenting her ability to deal with people and how, oh, Booth's right. I'm no good with people. I'm better with bones. And then she gets all emotional about knowing things about Cleo and, you know, what happened to her when she was a child based on this, her bones anyway then Angela tries to give her advice and then Temp makes some comment about hating psychology <laughs> when really she just hates her ex-boyfriend <laughs> oh yeah her boyfriend came into it didn't it yeah right. well, so what happens next well I think well just quickly about that what I thought was interesting is she's so emotional but from what little we know about her, she doesn't seem like an emotional person. She seems someone who is very distant from her emotions. So for her, suddenly she's like so upset about the fact that she can't connect with people. Like it's a new thing. Yeah, but this is. Uh, we're going to run into this a lot with this woman. A lot of things are apparently very new to her. And, yeah. I, um, you know, it would be one thing. All you'd have to do is tweak it as a writer. You could write it so she could say, I've run into this all my life. I have such an issue with this. Like she could just say that. But because she hates psychology. <laughs> she, then maybe that's why she just doesn't analyze herself. But okay. So then next, um, they go for a visit with the senator and his aide. And well, not they. She just shows up. Just by herself. By herself. And she's like, hey, Senator, I need a DNA sample. And then this guy decides to say, you know, no, I need my, I need my lawyer, but I'm going to throw my gum out into the garbage mm -hmm. like an idiot. <laughs> like Two suspects in this murder are together. Yes. Ken Thompson, the boyfriend who now works as the Senator's aide and yep. the Senator. Temperance goes in basically it costs like grabs the gum out of the garbage can starts running away with it ken thompson decides to go grab it out of her hand and it seems anytime anybody grabs temperance she automatically has this defense mechanism that goes off and she like kicks him in the nuts or in the gut Throws them or... on the ground <laughs> <laughs> like... did she get the gum 
I think she did end up yeah. taking the gum. Yeah. Because the boss was all pissed. Yeah. Booth's boss was pissed. But before that, that before that, that, when Temperance runs away with the gum, she runs out the door and the senator goes over to Ken and goes, you okay? <laughs> like, you just got beat up by this girl. Everything fine? Comical. It's so stupid. Okay, oh, so boy. now we get yelled at by Sam Cullen. This is a funny scene. Go. Well, he's basically like, why would you do this? Booth, why would you let her go by herself? And basically says, you're being taken off the case effective tomorrow, which is very typical of these types of shows. Yep. Because then he's like, I have 12 hours to solve the whole case. They're going to go rogue. <laughs> yes. They get kicked but- off the case because Temperance is an idiot. Who does <laughs> that? Even I and- know not to do that. He's like, I want to be on the task force. They're going to create this task force and I'm going to lead it. Hmm. And because she's being an idiot, for lack of better words, Hmm. then suddenly now he's not part of the task force. Some random dude who Patrick, his name's Patrick, walks in behind Booth. Booth, That was a funny scene. Booth sitting there, he goes, (laughs) hi, Patrick. Like, Like, I hate you so much. You're taking my case, but okay. So they go rogue and decide to like pull up the other suspects. So they go to this stalker, Olivier Laurier. And he's played by this dude who was in a show called Altered Carbon on Netflix. He plays the bartender on that show. And he's very good on Altered Carbon. Here, I just love seeing people show up in these shows. It's wonderful. So he's creepy, of course. Yes. But is he sweaty in Altered Carbon? No, he's very handsome and he has like a curly Q mustache and he wears like old time okay. outfits. Yeah. So this is a purposeful decision that they made Just in the show. With- that they're going to oil him up before this scene. And make him real nervous and sweaty. This is like a law and order a thing that they do where they're like, oh, is this the guy? And like, ooh, red herring, oh, yeah. red herring. <laughs> and she's, and somehow they're like, no, this isn't the guy. Man. Well, I'm going, this is definitely the guy. What are those books? Do you know those books? He was giving them out for charity and they have like little sayings or religious prayers. Yeah, something in them. Which they were very small. I wonder how much he was selling them for and where the proceeds were going. Who knows? He's creepy and sweaty. That's all we know. But he is the important for piece of information we get is that the restraining order was put on him by the boyfriend ken thompson now the aide. yeah so he was very good friends with chloe cleo we'll never really know the truth there yeah uh, probably somewhere in between anyway what i was confused by is the fact that booth is supposed to know every single detail about this case but somehow he didn't know who took out the restraining order because that seems like a pretty important you know detail what? You're absolutely right. I never thought of that. <laughs> Booth knows everything about this friggin' thing and doesn't know about the restraining order. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Like, have they never actually questioned? It's like they have these suspects, but they never actually questioned them before. But why? Um, who knows? <laughs> I, hey, I'm not here to question the FBI what they do. <laughs> That's okay. Fair, fair. Um, what are we back to the lab? We're going to go back to the lab. We're looking at the hologram again. Angela's doing some magic. They're deciding, um, 
that she was killed by stabbing. She was stabbed, stab, 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 stabby, stabby, they stabby. They do a reenactment of it. I know. I didn't know Angela could do that too. She does like fully animated attacks. I told you, magic. And then her phalanges were screwed with and they cut off her fingerprints and they smashed her head in. It's so bad. Oh. A little bit overkill. <laughs> So they all decide that it's not a crime of passion and that all these little things were planted at the scene to make it seem like these guys were guilty. Yeah. Um, Especially Laurier. Yeah, because they found the, they they figured out that what was in her hands was one of those booklets. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that didn't make sense. That he was, that she was put into a, a cemetery where, um, it was a army cemetery, right? Yeah. So that was trying to be pointing. That was trying to point at the father. Yeah, that's weird, right? And also, and a military knife was used. That was the military other military knife. The bronze star was gone, and then the prayer book yeah. was in her hand. So all those, all these little clues, but it's not proof of anything. So then they start yeah. arguing, like scientists versus Booth. Booth has his theory. They have theirs. Uh, Booth accuses them of not knowing what the real world is like, that they're all in their minds and they're very scientific. And then he doesn't want to screw around with the senator too much because he thinks like it's just bad news, like for everybody. Yeah. And Temp is mad at him about that. And Hodgins. Temp and Zach all leave the room, but Angela stays behind to talk to Booth about this is where we learn about temperance and her background. Which seems like not her place to be telling Booth Angela. about her background. Exactly. <laughs> Angela, Angela's boundaries are very questionable. And sometimes I just like already in episode one, her boundaries are like, what the hell? She's yeah. Like giving, like giving up the ghost, like just telling tales out of school about temperance and how her parents disappeared when she was 15 and no one knows them where they went or they just disappeared without a trace. This is supposed to make us feel empathy for temperance. And set up the, uh, the goal of the first season or the goal of the Yeah, show. we're setting this up. Exactly. So what's <laughs> our next scene? This is, the, this is the close talking scene. Oh, this is the close. This is like the sexy scene. <laughs> Oh, baby. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, Brennan is deciding to blow off steam and she goes to a tar- do some target practice. Mm-hmm. And somehow he guesses that that's where she would be, which I don't know, maybe he seems creepy and in love with her. So, is there a GPS on her phone? <laughs> that or maybe. Like- you said, I agree that he doesn't know her that well, but then knows that she would have gone to the shooting range. Yeah doesn't make any sense but anyway so she is basically doing some shooting and she's like I know about you too I did some research and this is where we learn a bit more about the fact that he's an army ranger sniper yeah and I think that they specified where he's in the gulf I think anyway that's irrelevant but <sighs> anyway so they <laughs> basically um booth is like no um the 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 senator is definitely not the killer but this oliver guy 
the stalker for sure. That's him. Nine times out of 10, it's always the stalker. So basically, even though he's trying to earn her trust and trust and trust her gut because that's, she got it right last time, he says that he doesn't trust the science. He's like, no. You know, so a couple of things happen here. Uh, she puts her gun down. He picks up her gun. He shoots the target, misses. Does he do it on purpose? Who knows? Then they start volleying back and forth about the theory of the case. And when they're starting to do this and they're getting closer and closer in the face. And he's talking (laughs) about how, you know, squints don't solve murders. Cops do. And I use my methods and she's talking about her methods and they're getting closer and closer. Like they're like an inch away from each other. And Oh yeah. And, and then his she hand goes, is like, oh, I know shoulder. he's got his hand on the wall, which is like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but that is a threatening, physically threatening thing to do to a woman to like 100%. try to dominate them. Yeah. Fuck you, Booth. Sorry. <laughs> excuse me. Anyway. That's okay. It's allowed. <laughs> she walks away. She's like, well, then solve it then, loser. Like, whatever. She leaves. Then and the best pulled- part. <laughs> oh, you do it. You do it. This is, no, this is the best part of the whole episode. He swings around like he's in a musical kind of <laughs> just shoots, shoots the head of this thing not in the middle like he doesn't get it straight on it's like kind of off to the side on the on the on the head he regardless he uses his surface weapon to do this my question, oh i didn't even notice that. whenever they shoot their friggin' service weapon don't they have to file a report i know cops I do so. <laughs> There can't just be like missing bullets. So mad. He's so <laughs> mad at Tempers. He's going to blow up the target with his service. Like, so dramatic. He's such a drama queen, Booth. He is a drama queen. He's so dramatic. And, oh my gosh. He seems like if he had if he had bangs for that scene, he would have flicked them off to the side. It. For sure. <laughs> I didn't know the musical swing. I should watch that again. That sounds great. Oh, yeah. He really swings around. <laughs> So now uh, I have a question. We have another yes. scene. It's very sad music playing. Booth is in his office watching home videos of Cleo and her family. With tears in his eyes. Why does he have these videos? Where this is his, is his office? girlfriend at this point. I'm like, is this his, is this his girlfriend? <laughs> this is his lover? <laughs> way into this case, man. Like, oh, really yeah. into it. Um. Temperance walks into his office. Where is his office? It's a mess. I hate all the vertical those blinds, those those horizontal blinds. I hate those so much. Anyway, he's very maudlin watching these tapes, as you said, like with tears, like, oh, so sad. Yeah. And then he's talking about how happy the family is. Then Temp gets all weird. He goes, Oh, you don't like to talk about family, do you? And then she's like, Then they get into this weird fight they have this weird dynamic anyway uh he hands her this warrant that he got how did he do this he only has 12 hours left in this case and he's getting warrants i feel like he went to the judge's house and was like Like, i need to get this (laughs) silent knocking on the door anyway (laughs) (laughs) yes the scene scene i messaged you about That's insane. Anyway, he can't do the warrant. Like, you're right. We have to we have to go after the senator, she, which she's not wrong. 
But he said something about them being partners, and she's like, oh, well, we're partners now? And it's like, okay, guys, you are partners. Like, come on! Yeah, they are partners, but at the same time, to be fair, Booth is giving her a lot of mixed signals. He's all like, hey, baby, I'm just going to get real close to you in the gun range. But also... all sexy and domineering. And then, like, exactly. And then... <laughs> and walk away from you. Like, there's a lot of... <laughs> It's just confusing. <laughs> he is a confusing boy. Anyway, where are we now? They go to the center's house. It's mayhem. Yes. Total mayhem. Oh my gosh. Except, except she's like, she's just staring, like slow-mo almost at the events that are unraveling around her. Totally. With some music playing. Um and the sender <clears throat> Pardon? Ken Thompson is there too. Uh, yes he's telling there. her she's making a big mistake and then they walk out oh oliver's there too olivia's there too and she tells him that she's gonna kick his ass if he tries to stalk her <laughs> i know right and then they walk out with a sledgehammer somebody walks out with a sledgehammer that looks like the murder weapon or one of the murder yeah. weapons then are just freaking out it's not mine it's not mine and then we are introduced to Booth's uh, saying that we need the trifecta when solving a crime. What is it? Tell me the trifecta, Britt. Come on. The tri. Oh no. Okay. The trifecta you is the murder weapon. <laughs> the murder weapon. The location. Yeah. Ooh, yes. Wait. Location. I should have written this down. Oh, no, you're good. There's a lot of crime scene. Energy. Crime scene <laughs> is the location. Murder weapon yes. and evidence. Physical yes. evidence. So well, now they have see. the murder weapon. How is that not part of the? Anyways, I'm not. Yeah, the but FBI. they don't have the. What is it called? They don't have the tenacious crime murder? scene. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And she wasn't real. killed there for sure. There's no blood, nothing. So what's? Yeah. The, tell me what happens next. The next scene, they're back at the institute, and what's happening? Don't they? They're aren't they all sitting around? They're just drinking. And they, they're chatting Brittany, and they're, they're drinking, drinking out of beakers. Martinis out of beakers. <laughs> Come on. Like a celebratory beaker. No, they're celebratory sad. They're drink. sad. Well, they're sad, but then she has a little bit of an epiphany. That's the word I used after they talk about those little prayer books that uh, yeah. Olivier was giving out. There's the patron saint of scientists. They have a little argument about who that guy is. And it turns out that some other guy was the same guy, say it had the same name, was the patron saint of fishmongers. And so she goes, fish. <laughs> so she rushes off to see Ken Thompson. Mm -hmm. Ken? Kevin? Ken. Ken Thompson. Yeah. Who cares? He's So the... <laughs> The senator's a uh, little some white guy. <laughs> yes, yeah, so some white guy who kisses up to the senator. It's fine. But yeah, so basically runs off to go see him because she's like, the fish, the fish is where the diatomaceous earth would be. Right. And Olivia finds... told us that later earlier. Like, yes. Yeah. That Ken loved his tropical fish. But he, so she realizes she's like, I was right all along. It is this guy runs there i don't know or i guess drives her in her jeep and then runs there by herself runs off and she's like tell booth where i'm going but doesn't actually tell anyone where she's going fortunately he does show up <laughs> but like 
Okay, so Thompson is pouring gas. First, Temperance breaks into his house by breaking the window. the window. <laughs> yelling about how we can't destroy evidence. He's weirdly just standing in the fish room yeah. pouring gasoline everywhere. But if he's pouring gasoline is about to light a fire in a room that looks like it's about 50% water. <laughs> not a lot of wood and also <laughs> um what was the thing i was thinking about when he was doing that it was really weird it was weird he kind of he didn't really seem to be that urgent to to actually burn it down poor fish yeah poor fish and how was he planning to get out of there was he gonna get out of there before he blew it up i'm like <laughs> The poor fish, like, obviously with the heat, the aquariums would break open and they'd all die. And I'm like, you don't love these fish. You're No, he does not. But the fish could end up saving the day because they could put out the fire, maybe. Maybe not them, but the water they're in would help. Yeah, but the fish, man, I felt bad for them, you know? They, they didn't yeah. want to be there in the first place. And then you go and freaking kill them anyway. Um, so I thought... To light everything up. Yes. But she's like, no, I, I practiced shooting earlier today with uh, with uh, Booth. Booth. He got real close to me and I didn't get to finish my, uh, my little, <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, she didn't get to finish her uh, shooting range practice. So she wanted to shoot this guy in the leg. <laughs> she shoots the guy in the leg because he had and he had the smallest lighter. The lighter was one of those little tiny Bic lighters, too. Yeah. How would he, he would have to actually bend down and like he'd have and to get it. down and light it with like because it's so you can't just like light it and drop it like a match. He has yeah. to like get down on the ground and light this gasoline. Anyway, I guess that was the crime scene. She shoots him. Then who shows up? Olivia. The stalker. <laughs> because he was stalking her, I guess. I was like, why is this guy here? And <sighs> is he also the killer? Well, it was very confusing. He wasn't, but exactly it was confusing so she's like smart where she goes i don't know if you're involved with this guy but i need you to go help stop the bleeding he's like i'll let him bleed to death it's like no you don't want to and then booth shows up and says you don't want to go to jail for manslaughter (laughs) so don't worry it'll be painful for him so then olivia obliges and then i guess uh, they wrap it all up everybody's kaboom bing bang and then we have our denouement, our last little inter- last scene where everything's calm and we have a resolution. We're at Cleo's funeral. And uh, you, We're putting, you know, I want you to tell me what you think of this funeral. I thought it was kind of impersonal, to be honest. They didn't really, they kind of just rushed through it. She puts a little rose down. Why are there people in the FBI there? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, Um, it doesn't make sense. Would you invite the the policeman to the funeral? Probably not. (laughs) Definitely, definitely not. I forgot to talk about when she was there freaking out about after after shooting the guy. She was freaked out because she'd never shot anybody before, so she was acting kind of blithering a little bit about why did he do it? I don't understand why he did it. And then Booth sort of walks over to her very gingerly, takes the gun from her hand. Yeah. And says he wanted to save his job, you know, is the most important thing, wanted to save the senator's reputation, all that stuff. Apparently, the whole Jeffersonian Institute was invited to this funeral. 
which makes up for about half of the people invited to the funeral. No, I felt <laughs> the poor girl. Anyway, um, so she's off. Brendan's got the rose. She's going to go throw it on the, the casket. She's all contemplative. Meanwhile, Zach, Booth, Hodgins, Angela, and Goodman are there. Is a Goodman there? Yes, he is. Yeah. And they're joking around about how she might get charged for shooting the guy because she smelled she smelled like beaker martinis. And um yeah, she didn't warn him that she was gonna shoot him or something like that. And then yeah. Zach makes some kind of snide comment about how Booth was a sniper again. <sighs> then Booth well, walks away. Oh, what are you gonna say? It just doesn't really like that doesn't seem like an appropriate conversation to be having at a funeral. Why exactly at all? Never, never, <laughs> never, never, never. So here we go. This is a really funny part. And we're gonna bring this up. I have a question for you, okay? Okay, I'm ready. So they um oh booth walks away from zach after he makes that comment he hates zach he hates him like it looks like he wants to punch him in the throat i'm serious like his face is like i hate you i'm gonna get away or i'm gonna do something i regret so anyway booth and temp are all making up and they're saying you know we're i told you so i told you so like we were both right about the theory of the case and everything so then he mentioned something about how uh you know they work together but she's the one who's on the new york times bestsellers list yeah, this is why I want to talk to you. A couple things. She has no idea she's on the New York Times bestseller list. And she doesn't have an accountant. Yeah, that's problematic. That really, that was really concerning for me. <laughs> this, like, she obviously has a book agent. Yeah. Because she's written more than one book. And... Now she's got no accountant and she doesn't have any awareness of the fact that she's on the, a good book agent would have called her and said, Hey, you made number one. Like they would have done something, sent her wine or flowers or something to congratulate her for being on the New York times bestsellers list. Anyway, how do you feel 100%. about Brennan not having an accountant? It concerns me because to me that indicates either she doesn't herself, which would be not a good idea for her because there's a lot going on there. Or she's very behind on her taxes. <laughs> Let's not get into that, Brittany, because <laughs> I've got problems. I have problems. <laughs> we'll talk later. <laughs> Regardless, I'm glad I'm glad you're on my side because I find it very weird that she doesn't has no awareness of how famous she is. Yeah. And it, what I find interesting, I, what I would love to read or look more into is the fact that this is based on a true story. Like, this is a real person. I know! So... We'll have to have a book club. Like, if we start a Patreon, which is something that people can pay money every month, like, to subscribe, and we could do bonus content, and we could do, like, a book club of one of the books, or do something fun like that, I was thinking, because I would love to read one of these books. It would be hilarious. I would, too, and see if there's any parallels to these FBI agents to the squints. Yes. All these different characters. How how true or how uh, close to reality they got it. Yeah, that'd be cool. So we have the parents by the grave. Booth thanks Temp for her help. Then she opens up to him about how her parents disappeared. He pretends he has no idea what she's talking about. Then he says very casually that he murdered a lot of people. 
<laughs> but he's going to make up for it. He's going to make up for it by catching murderers. Yes. You know, casual mentioning of sniping. Again, I'm going to just, I should like me- write it down. Like every time they casually mention how he was a sniper. <laughs> 100%. This, this kind of reminds me though, like it, it, it's almost like a reverse Dexter. I don't know if you ever watched Dexter. Yeah, like oh Dexter, yeah, I watched it. 100% start to finish. Big fan. Oh yeah, same. Also new season coming out. I'm looking forward I to know, that. No, that's crazy. <laughs> Which I'm happy about because the end of I know we're talking about another show, but the no, end it's of okay. That was Everybody hated the ending of it. Like he was just like a fisherman or something, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, and he threw his <laughs> sister's sister. Anyways, he threw her body, his lover slash sister, over the. Uh, <laughs> he's just like here. You belong to the ocean now. <laughs> I forgot Goodbye. that he her. I forgot that. <laughs> yeah. She they were like he, a couple in real life. Yeah, they were married, I think, in real oh life. Oh my God. Yeah. He's like a really interesting dude. Oh yeah, big time. But yeah, so he killed people. Mm-hmm. He killed people because they were killers. Yes. But Booth is like, I was a killer. So now I will catch people who kill. It's, it, it's yeah, like. Yeah, but he's not very smart. So I don't no, know. He needs, he needs uh, attempts for sure. He needs her to be as smart. So then she tries to make a, a sarcastic comment about how there's no way he can ever redeem himself <laughs> for murdering all the people he murdered. But then she like has to like tone it down and trying to be more impersonal with him. And then she says, oh, I'd like to help you, you know, redeem yeah. yourself, you know. So they walk out of the cemetery together. That's the end of the show. It's uh, a little bit of a romantic walk. So I, I know. know. I have to say, I do like cemeteries. How do you feel about cemeteries? Cemeteries are actually pretty, like, I think the concept of them is obviously very sad, but the landscaping and everything, the the actual environment is quite beautiful, typically. Well, I mean, look at Mount Pleasant Cemetery in Toronto. Oh, yeah. um, I went to one, I was in Vienna in 2008. And I went to the Viennese cemetery and it's a very famous cemetery. They have like a lot of people buried there. I don't remember how many, but it was an astronomical amount of people buried there from all like amazing, amazing. Like you go to the very neglected part of the cemetery where there's the graves and that's like way back when there's nobody left to tend to the graves. You know what I mean? And you're talking about like so long ago, uh it's insane like 1400 wow. and stuff and then people like um bach and beethoven are buried there and, oh wow uh falco remember falco rock me amadeus falco yes rock me amadeus amadeus anyway he's buried there he has an amazing gravestone like people love go to his grave all the time because wow. he's from Vienna, like he's born and raised in Vienna, and he's a very famous Viennese guy. And uh, they have a, a grave that's marked as Mozart, but it's not Mozart because he was buried in a pauper's grave. So they just have a place for his, you know, to celebrate him. And there's somebody else very famous, a lot of famous composers, and stuff. it's a very and it's absolutely gorgeous. Like it's yeah. A, beautiful old cemetery with like tons of buildings and trees like the land like you said the landscape is gorgeous yeah 
Wow, that would be really, just to go to Vienna at all would be very beautiful. But well, that sounds unbelievable. I enjoyed it. Like I haven't been there a lot. I haven't traveled a lot in the last, you know, but it was so, I love, I was very fortunate to be able to go and I really enjoyed it. One day I can talk about those travels. It was so fun. Oh, for sure. I'd love to hear about it. What did you think of this episode? I thought it was a good setup. Although there are, it leaves a lot to be desired for quite a few of the characters. Like you said, for Angela, you're like, is she going to continue to be this sort of like, don't tell me what happens to her because no, I won't, I won't say anything. This is where, this is where it's sort of interesting because I know what characters, because, because like you said, this goes on for 12 seasons. So I know what characters kind of come and go. I know what characters like change the most, what kind of happens with them a little bit, but I don't remember the details. Does Hodgins die? That's what I want to know. He does not die. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to just stop watching? (laughs) His character, though. I would love for him to go. I know they try to transform him a little bit, like emotionally and stuff. Yeah. And they, in my opinion, and we'll talk about it as they keep going through these, that I think they succeed. To the point that I forgot how brutal he was. It gets worse, Brittany. I know. <laughs> Listen, um, how do you feel about that? I think that's good for our first time. Thank you very much. I'm just going to say. I think so too. Thank you to our listeners. If we have any listeners at some point, that would be awesome. This is a, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. And I think that's good for tonight. Um, yeah. Okay. That's good. Thank you so much for joining us and listening to our first episode of Squintcast. The intro and outro music is by Les FM from Pixabay. Bones theme song is by Crystal Method, who are on Instagram as The Crystal Method. Follow the show on Instagram and TikTok at Squintcast. You can follow me, Kelly, at Fab underscore Empire on Instagram and TikTok, and Brittany at Brittany81523 on Instagram. See you next time.